G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. By the time I was 17, I was a rebellious kid. I've never tried anything wrong. I never did drugs, never did alcohol, never broke the law. But I was always hanging out with the wrong people at the wrong time, at the wrong place. So by the time I was 17, I had tried to kill my dad twice. And um, things weren't working well at home. Um, You know, dad wasn't at home most of the time. And I was determined to kill my dad. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Pedro Alexandrino grew up in Brazil in a troubled home and things got so bad that at one point he even tried to kill his father with a knife. Today, Pedro will share the miraculous way his Christian aunt helped turn things around. Actually, things turned around so much that after becoming a Christian, Pedro was eager to serve the Lord in many ways. At the time of the recording of this conversation, he was just finishing up in his role as the National Youth Director for Bible League Australia and was about to go on a new adventure in ministry. We'll find out the exciting ways God has been working in his life as Pedro has a chat with Shelley Scowen. Pedro, uh, it's fairly obvious from your name that you may or may not have been born in Australia. Uh, Let's cover (laughs) this (laughs) this bit here because obviously you're very proud of your heritage. Yes, I am. Yeah, whereabouts were you born? I'm from Brazil originally. I was born there in 1983. Yeah. And left Brazil when I was 21. And I was married, went to New Zealand, and became a New Zealander seven years later. So I'm half Brazilian, half New Zealander, a little bit of Italian, and very proud of my heritage, like you said. Yeah, wow. You've got a <laughs> little bits of lots of things in your yeah. blood there. Yes. So you're currently working for Bible League Australia, although you'll only be there for another few months, and that's a whole other story that we'll get to in a minute. But tell us about your role there at Bible League. Tell us what you do as the National Youth Director. Yes, well, um, at Bible League, I I, I usually say to people that I have the best job in the world, and I'll tell you why. And now you're leaving it. (laughs) I'm leaving it, yes. Go figure. Yeah. (laughs) But what happened was um, in New Zealand about two years ago, they... um, they kind of knew what I was doing in a few churches, and I knew the national director in New Zealand. His son was actually my worship pastor um, in the church that I was in Auckland, and we were trying to um, get something started. And with that, um, we sat down together. They, they heard of me preaching in a few other churches, and they called me, and, and they said, Hey, um, what do you think about working with us? And I said, Well, what do I have to do? And he said at the time, Well, you just have to do exactly the same thing that you're doing. The difference is we'll send you to a few more places and we'll help you out. I said, wow, that sounds like a plan to me. Where do I sign? <laughs> so we, we had a few interviews and then I got to know our CEO, Tony McLean, here in Australia. And I did that for a year in New Zealand. And we were about to head off to Brazil. As, as you said, we're going to talk about that later. But um, Tony McLean has asked me to come down here to Australia and stay here for a year. And I'm enjoying the experience, um, learning a lot of things, getting to know amazing people here in Australia. And it's just a great opportunity, actually, to learn and, and get that experience soaked in um, for my future. So it's been a huge blessing to me. And what I do is um, 
I just go around, I, I talk to principals in schools and chaplains, and we try to find a way for them to work together with Bible League so we can help the work of the expansion of the kingdom of God in other countries through the schools here in Australia and New Zealand. That's basically what I do. Awesome. So a very rewarding job where you can really see the importance of the Word of God being passed on to the next generation. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing and it's actually very rewarding, like I said. Um, you see, I, I get to talk to these amazing people again and I get to go to churches on Sunday and I preach a message with them and they, you know, we, we engage and we interact together and we see the results when we, when we come to the end of the year and we said, well, so many churches and so many schools have partnered with us and this means so many people have been blessed. So it's an incredible blessing, incredible blessing. Mm. And it's been a real journey for you as well, like you say, just getting there. Let's rewind even more um, back to when you got married. You left Brazil in 2007 and you mentioned that you went to New Zealand. You were, I guess, not really sure what God had in store for you then. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm just interested to see the way that God leads people, um, particularly when you're there going, God, we want to serve you, but how do you want us to serve you? Yeah. What actually led you to New Zealand? Yeah, well, the, the long story short is um, we were recently married, and I always knew that I was called to preach the gospel and plant churches. I always knew. I was, I was saved in 2004. I was recently married, and then my wife and I, we were thinking about leaving the country and trying to do our own thing, you know. And we, we were trying different countries where people speak English, because my wife speaks English. I couldn't speak a word of English seven years ago. Really? Lost. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, so, you can't um, tell now. Oh, thank you. It's 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 a it's a compliment coming from you, but <laughs> it's it's actually true. I came to New Zealand. I couldn't speak a word of English, and we actually went to New Zealand because the travel agent showed us on the map this city called Christchurch, and my wife said, "Oh, that means Church of Christ." You know, Christchurch, and I said, "That's got to be a sign. Let's go there." <laughs> so we we went to New Zealand for that reason, and at that time I was. Um, we were just trying to start our lives as, you know, as newlyweds. My wife had made it very clear to me that the last thing she wanted to be in life was a pastor's wife. Huh. So she had made it very clear. So I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't trying to do anything in ministry. So we went to New Zealand. But, you know, the Lord has his ways <laughs> of working with us. And as soon as we arrived in New Zealand, I got involved in church and got involved in helping out and doing a few things. The church in New Zealand, that's where I met my, my pastor today, my senior pastor, my great mentor, great friend, Marshall Gray, here on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Auckland at the time, and that's how it all happened. Like we, we weren't looking for anything, but God moved things around, and we ended up doing what we're doing, and we, are, we couldn't be happier. Pedro, you said that you had quite a dramatic conversion. Tell us the story of, I guess, who you were before you were saved and how God got a grip of you. What happened was um, I grew up in a family that we had, we had everything we could wish for. You see, my dad was a successful engineer in Brazil and we, you know, we, we were early adopters of everything. So we grew up in a very, um, a very comfortable home. Not rich, but very comfortable home. And by the time I was 17, I, had, I was a rebellious kid. You know, I, I've, I've never tried anything wrong. I never did drugs, never did alcohol, never broke the law. But I was always hanging out with the wrong people at the wrong time, at the wrong place, in the wrong place. So by the time I was 17, because I was hanging out and, and absorbing all of this, I had tried to kill my dad twice. And um, things weren't working well at home. Um, you know, dad wasn't at home most of the time. And... 
broken family and all of that kind of stuff. So by the time I was 17, I had tried it twice. And then when I completed 18, I said that was enough. And I was determined to kill my dad by the time I was 18. So one night we were hanging out in the kitchen and um, out of a discussion, one of those silly discussions that had no reason to start, I uh, grabbed a, a huge knife and he turned his back and I was gonna stab him in the back. And I was that close. And thank God, um, someone saw it to this day. I don't know who saw it. Someone saw it, and um, they came running, knocked that knife out of my head, out of my hand. And then my dad obviously reacted. We had a huge fist fight. I broke half of the house. And my room was all broken, the windows and everything, and then I left. So I went to live on the street, and I, I spent a couple of, um, couple of weeks, almost a couple of weeks on the street, um, pretty much like the prodigal son. See, Luke 15, that's, that's my story. Um, I went over there, and then I realized, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm lost, you know. And but I was, I was too proudful, so or too prideful. And, and a friend of mine said, "Come and live with me." So I went and, and started living with him. And I spent another week there. And then my one of my aunts, the only Christian in my huge family of almost 50 cousins, she was the only Christian. She found me and took me home. Took me to her home. Wow. And I, I spent two months there, and on the first night I got there, she said, Pedro, God's going to solve your problem. And then I laughed at her face. I said, you know what? I don't believe God. This is all a fairy tale, and I grew up not believing in that. I know it's not going to happen. And she said, you don't need to believe. I have faith for the both of us. So she left at that, and two months went by. One night, I remember, as if it was today, one night she came running down the stairs, and she was excited. It was 11 o'clock at night. And she woke me up and said, it's now. It's now. God's going to solve your problem right now. And I said, what? God's going to what? Yeah, God's going to solve your problem. I was praying. He spoke to me. And I said, oh, okay. Well, what's going to happen? And she said, we're going to call your dad. He's going to pick up the phone. He's going to be crying. And he's going to say, send my son back home. These four things. And I said, this is not going to happen exactly for the, the same reasons you just gave me. My dad never picks up the phone. My dad never cries. I've lived with a man 17 years, never seen him crying. And if he picks up the phone crying, he never say anything until you say something. Huh. Well, long story short, she picked up that old phone that you had to dial the numbers. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> so she dialed the numbers. That was the longest 30 seconds of my life. She dialed the numbers, put the, the, the earpiece in my ear. She didn't say a word. To my surprise, my dad picks up the phone. He was crying. And he said, send my son back home. I can't take it anymore. Wow. And at that moment, I don't know what happened. I had my first experience with God. My legs were shaking. I, I hung up on his face <laughs> and I said to her, you, you orchestrated this? And she said to me, I haven't spoken to you that for three months. At that time, she pulled up a chair. I sat down and I started crying. Don't know why. I started crying. And then I asked her, what's happening? And she said, look, boy, I don't know why God is doing this, but... He's saving you. He's taking you out of the, the place where you were, and He's restoring everything for you now. He has a calling in your life. You don't deserve. You're supposed to be dead by now. I've seen what you've done, but He has a purpose in your life, and if He has a purpose, no one can stop it. So He's saving you, and you need to repent and come to Him. And then I said, well, what, what do I need to do then? <laughs> and then she gave me that little booklet, you know, being a good old Baptist. She gave me the little booklet. We prayed the sinner's prayer. That night, we went back home. And then that was the first time that my family said a prayer together ever. Wow. We all prayed together. 
my dad and I became great friends. Today we are great friends. Um, we, we talk about what we're doing with the church and all of that. And from that day on, I never turned back. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowan is chatting with Pedro Alexandrino, who's originally from Brazil and, as we've been hearing, has undergone a tremendous conversion. We'll hear more of his story, including about his next big ministry adventure, when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with more of Shelley Scowan chatting with Pedro Alexandrino, who's originally from Brazil and, as we heard before the break, has undergone a tremendous conversion. He went from trying to take his father's life with a knife to being reconciled with him and becoming a Christian. Now we'll find out what happened next in his life. Next Sunday I went to church. Then I convinced the pastors of the Baptist church to hold a baptismal service next Sunday. <laughs> and they said, no, you've got to wait. you got to do a class. And I said, I don't have time. <laughs> Let's just do it next Sunday. So we had a baptismal service. I got baptized that Sunday. Then I asked the pastor what I had to do. And he said, you got to read the book. So I picked up the book, the Bible, read the book in two weeks. And I came back and I said, I read it. What do I have to do now? <laughs> and, it, and, and he was surprised. He was like, you read the whole book? And I said, oh, I didn't understand the thing, but I did. So <laughs> I, I just got to know what I had to do now. And he said, well, just put into practice. And I said, well, the only thing I can remember is that Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. That was the only thing I could remember, you know, the Great Commission. So I started doing that. Went off my friends and all of those drug dealers and, and people involved with the wrong thing. I was, from day, from day one, I was going after them and pre- preaching, um, preaching to them. We had a little basketball team that we used to play in the slums. You know, we called that favelas in Brazil. So we would go and play basketball with them. And then I would share the word with them and, you know, those friends that, that I grew up with, you know, one third of them, they ended up dead. One third of them are in jail and one third of them are serving in the church because wow. of the seed that was sown 15 years ago. So I can't look back, you know. Wow. That what an incredible testimony. <laughs> yeah. God changed your life and then went on to change so many lives through you. Praise the Lord. That's, Praise the Lord. That's awesome. What a privilege. Yeah, you're right. That was a colourful testimony (laughs) Um, and very encouraging to hear how God can just turn your life around um, through putting the right people in in your life and then that miracle as well. You know, that phone call would have just been amazing and and a great sign to, I guess, confirm everything for you that God is real and He does still work in people's lives today and that He wants you to, you know, get back with your family and um, make those reconciliations. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm all for that. I believe that God, you know, has a calling and a purpose for everyone. He loves us and he just wants us to be reconciled. And there's nothing better than having a, a family coming back together to, to, to picture the love of God. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. 
And one of the most exciting things about being a child of God, being saved, is that uh, God then leads you in all sorts of different directions. You've already mentioned about how uh, you went to New Zealand and not really knowing you know, what direction that you were going to take. And then God led you into the church to do your internship there. Uh, and now you're serving as the National Youth Director for Bible League Australia. God is now leading you back to your homeland, Brazil. Tell us about how God called you back there and his particular plan for what you're going to be doing there. Yes, it is my homeland, and I'm very excited to go back, Shelley. And um, the way it happened was I've, I've been in New Zealand for seven years prior to this and in Australia for nearly a year now. And while I was in New Zealand after I did my internship with my pastor today, who was Marshall Gray, um, I, I had this desire, like I said, to always preach the gospel and plant churches. So we actually tried to start a church plant because we thought it was the will of God for us to start something in Auckland. So we started there. We had a group of um, young people within another church that I was serving with, and it was going quite well, actually. And we, we got 60, 70 people um, attending every Sunday. But then I realized that I had no experience. I didn't know what I was doing. I was probably going to um, hurt some people. I didn't have enough um, knowledge to counsel people in any situation. So we thought it would be best to stop there. So we stopped and then we, we broke and most of the people went to different churches. And I was just seeking and waiting for the Lord to tell me um, what was the next step. And that was the point that um, my pastor flew from the Gold Coast to New Zealand and we had a, a three-hour dinner. And at that dinner, he, we talked about a lot of stuff and about uh, my calling, and he always believed in me. He always got behind me, and, and he pointed to me um, with all his wisdom. He said, I think it's about time for you to go. God took you out of Brazil so you could find um, who you were and, 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 you know, get this you, Pedro, right? So now you can go back to Brazil and show people who he is. And they never, they never crossed our minds. We never wanted, wanted to go back. But it said, well, so I went back home. And, and when I got back home, my wife already knew for some reason he, she had been praying. And she said, um, Marshall told you to go back to Brazil, didn't he? <laughs> and we had that conversation. And she got excited, obviously, because at the time we had a, a young, ba- uh, young baby, my daughter, Bianca. And she was excited to have the grandparents close. So that was three years ago. And we started planning. Um, I am a strong believer that we got to exercise our faith and our brain at the same time. So I put it all in God's hands and I said, yes, God, we'll obey. We'll go wherever you tell us to go. Mm. And we started planning. So we, we worked hard. We saved a lot of money. We invest a little bit. We made sure that we had provisions for when we, when we go to Brazil, we can, we can have a safe start and we don't, we don't have to be worried about details. It will distract us from the main mission. And, now it's all coming to fruition, you know, it's two months to go and we, uh, we've bought the tickets, we fly out on the 21st, we're now spending some time here on the Gold Coast, just learning a little bit more and, and listening from God and, and we're excited to go back to our people, to our country. I think that um, the most important thing for me is that Brazil is a, it, it's a country that I, I usually say to people that live 20 to 30 years behind the Western countries, you know, America, really? Australia, New Zealand, yeah. And, and with, that, with that mentality, you know, we, it's nothing bad. It just means that we follow the trends instead of uh, being ahead of the trend. 
And it's, it's a privilege for me because I had the privilege to have lived here for 10 years, nearly. And all things being equal, I kind of know what's going to happen in the future, <laughs> in the future of the church, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I see where the church is going. And with the, with the foundation that Brazil had, you know, most of the people in Brazil are Catholics. And there is a big, um, there's a big shift going on right now. I believe, the, I believe God is really um, pointing a lot of things to Brazil, and we're sending a lot of missionaries overseas. And I just consider myself privileged to be one of the, let's use the word pioneers. I'm not sure if this is the right word, but I just want to bring this new fresh wind of relationship with God and less religion more relationship with God, the way we, the way we do things here and the way we, we live out our faith here in Australia and New Zealand is so, so good, so contagious that I want to take this to my people. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've obviously had a pretty amazing experience in Australia and New Zealand uh, that you can then take back to your people and um, see the change that can happen over there as well. So yeah. you're going over there to plant a church. Is that the plan? Yes, that's the plan. Yeah. So, um, is there a reason for that as opposed to going um, and you know joining a particular church that's already there? There is a very specific reason, and I'm glad you asked that question, Shelley. It's a great question. Um, the reason for that is when when we were certain that God was sending us to Brazil, I actually went to Brazil for three months, two years ago. I went to Brazil for three months, and I traveled around. Um, I went down south to Brazil. And came back to the city where I'm from in Rio de Janeiro, the big, amazing city with the big Christ statue. And I've, I've visited a few churches. I spoke to a few people. And to my surprise, the way, it, this may sound absurd um, to a lot of people in Australia and New Zealand, but the way we live our faith here is something new, unheard of in Brazil. <laughs> Um, I, I think mainly because of the, the strong Catholic background that we have, uh, things work in a very traditional way in Brazil. So when it comes to, to the talk of relationship with God and, and taking everything away and just being simple, open home, you know, the concept that we have in our church here at, um, at Gold Coast, our church is called, it's called Gold Coast Chapel, and we, we just believe that church is home. It's an open place where everybody can come as they are and they can be loved as they are and and the work of the pastor is just to make sure that the people are provided with green pasture, that they can be comfortable, that they can be, uh, that they they can find themselves home. You know, at the end of the day, the goal is just to take everything away that could distract you from the main thing or the main person, Christ Jesus. And and once that's there, you can find the answers for what you're looking for. So when I strip, when we strip away everything, um, I believe that we have this new culture, this new mentality, this new philosophy, name it, whatever you want. But what I learned here is very precious, and now I want to take that back to my people. So that is the very reason why instead of joining the church, we are coming to plant a church. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you say, you've been preparing for it for the last three years or so, uh, preparing spiritually, getting yourself trained, and um, I guess finding out more about what your goal and your missions will actually be, and then also um, preparing yourself in terms of logistics as well, saving hard and you know preparing all of that. 
What a great adventure, Pedro. I think it, one of the exciting things about your story is that this is just the beginning of the next chapter. We don't really know how God is going to use you in a mighty way, I'm sure, uh, in Brazil. <laughs> but we do wish you all the best for that big move uh, logistically and also as you settle in and uh, start doing the work that God has called you there to. Um, all the best for that. And thanks for taking some time to have a chat with us this morning. Thank you. God bless. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Pedro Alexandrino, who's originally from Brazil, and as we heard, the Lord has led him to return to his home country. At the time this interview was recorded, he was just finishing up in his role as the National Youth Director for Bible League Australia and was about to leave to be a pastor in Brazil. And I'm happy to report that he has now been the senior pastor at Capella Church in Rio de Janeiro since 2015. So it's great to hear how the Lord has been working in his life and has taken him from a terrible situation in his home life growing up to now being able to help others and is setting people free in Brazil. That's fantastic. As we heard, Pedro has never backed away from following the Lord's leading in his life, and God has led him on this bold new adventure. His life reminds me of the verse from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, thanks for joining us for Pedro's inspiring life story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.